Welcome back to Next Gen Investing. I'm now joined by Carrie Schwab Pomerantz, the Managing Director at Charles Schwab and the President of the Charles Schwab Foundation. Thank you so much for being here today, Carrie. Thanks for having me, Jenny. So we are talking all things getting started with investing, such an important conversation. And my first question to you today is, are there certain things people should have in place before diving into the investing world? Absolutely. What I always suggest is you have your financial foundation put in place. And of course, Jenny, you and I have talked about this many times, but I do think it's worth repeating. And that is first have your emergency fund in place. What I mean by that is have three to six months of cash set aside to cover essential expenditures over that time. Again, you just never know what's going to happen in life. And then two, make sure that you have your non-deductible high interest debt paid off. What I mean by that is really credit card debt. You want to get that under control. And then lastly, you really want to be putting money aside in your retirement account, in particular if you have a 401k with a company match. And of course, you don't stop there. You still, that's when you really start to invest is in your 401k or your your retirement account, IRA or whatever it may be. But outside of the retirement, you wanna invest only for goals that you don't need the money for at least five to seven years. And that's because we know the market's volatile and we wanna have that money have time to grow and you know get through some different economic cycles. But investing is key, a key for all of us, um, you know, as a strategy to have your money grow and over time, by the way, and create a level of financial security for you. And you make such a good point there, Carrie, because right now, I think a lot of people are looking for that get rich quick solution, which is not, of course, investing. There is that degree of you have to ride out those waves that include risk. So, of course, there's risk involved with investing. But how do you go about deciding your risk tolerance person to person? Like most things in life, there's different variations of risk. And when we talk about stock market risk, we're really talking about the volatility of the stock market or the actual investment that you're in. And and with the volatility comes the potential to lose value or lose some of your money or even all of your money. So risk tolerance is not, you know, there's not a perfect magic to figuring out what it is, but you have to think about, are you willing to take on some risk for some extra gain and can you sleep at night can, you know does your stomach ache you know s- simple things like that kind of give you cue in to what kind of risk tolerance you actually have um and but another kind of of risk that people don't talk about or think about is interest rate risk and those are for people who overly invest in bonds or money market funds or cash they're not getting much of a return. And what in effect happens is they're losing money because because they're because of inflation. And what happens is because of inflation, your dollar doesn't go as far. The interest rate does not cover inflation. Um, and so while the stock market can be volatile, it does go up over time. And and um, asset allocation and diversification are the these strategies to use to overcome some of your of your risk or the EVGBs that might come with investing. Yes, and given this bear market now, I've never heard the word diversification so much. It seems to be the sort of lesson so many people want yes. traders or investors to take away. But you also mentioned allocation, asset allocation. Can you dive a little bit more into what that is? Yeah. So asset allocation, we're talking about allocating in various 
class, you know, asset classes. And with the tip, the most common ones we talk about are stocks, bonds, and cash. And your asset allocation can range from aggressive, uh, which which means you'll have a high percentage of stocks, you know, hopefully, a, you know, a diversified portfolio, mutual funds, and so forth, of equities, and that's usually appropriate for somebody who won't need the money for years. You know, a perfect example is somebody, you know, in their twenties and doesn't need their money for 40, 50 years until they retire. They could probably put all their money 100% in stocks. On the on the flip side, you might have somebody that's close to retirement. Maybe they'll need their money in five years. So they're going to be more conservative, a more conservative asset allocation, where they're going to have a higher percentage of, st- of bonds and cash relative to stocks. So that kind of um, you know shows you the, the sort of the do, two you know the different kinds of ways to think about risk and to and to also allocate your uh, your money among the asset classes. So I tend to, th- to think that people get overwhelmed by this, Carrie, because it's a lot of information. Everyone's like, where do I even begin? I think it's sort of like you get cold feet. So how do you go about choosing which asset class to even invest in? So there, of course, there's no one size fits all. It really depends on your risk tolerance. Although I would say for younger people, try you know as long as you are in, again mutual funds, ETFs, try to overcome some of that that uh, you know risk aversion because you have so much time for your money to grow. But so it's risk tolerance, it's timing when you need the money. As I mentioned, you should not invest in anything that you need the money as you know as soon as five to seven years. And, and also try to understand each asset class. For instance, stocks. What, what you're investing is you're, is a company. You're becoming a partial owner of an organization that's actually genetically built to grow. And then and then you've got bonds, which is not it's not a partial ownership. Basically, what you're doing is you're lending your money to an institution, typically a company or a government, you know, municipality, and and they promise to pay you back at a certain particular time, and then they also pay you some interest, you know, in between for for lending the money. Uh, And so cash and mutual funds, there's not a lot of opportunity for growth like there is with stocks, but it does bring some level of stability. Yeah, and Kara, I just think it's about educating yourself, really, because there is so much information out there. So what kind of accounts are there to get started when investing? So there's there's two main types of accounts, and one of them we've talked a little bit about, and that's what we call tax uh, tax advantage accounts, such as a 401k or an IRA, where your money grows tax-free. And then there's the other accounts that are taxable, typically a brokerage account, and they're offered by brokerage companies or mutual fund companies or even banks. And in those particular, each of those accounts, you can buy stocks, bonds, cash, mutual funds, you know, uh, REITs, you know, lots of different types of um, uh, investments. But keep in mind with brokerage accounts or even IRAs that the firm could have minimum requirements, you know, in terms of how much you need to put in it to open up the account, and there could be fees along the way. So. You know, first of all, do not be afraid to ask questions, you know, about those fees or even just about investing. Uh, It's really important to work with somebody who's very patient and knowledgeable and willing to be your partner in this um, venture. 
I completely agree. Patience is also very critical, I think, with investing. That's an awesome takeaway. So thank you so much, yeah. Carrie Schwab Pomeranz, the managing director at Charles Schwab and the president of the Charles Schwab Foundation. We appreciate all of your thoughts today. Thanks, Jenny. See you soon.